Welcome to episode 118 of the GT on 5G. It's the latest inside scoop on everything 5G. We cover six topics in about 20 minutes, and it's brought to you by More Insights and Strategy. I'm Will Townsend, and joining me again this week is fellow analyst Anshul Sag. Let's get started with my first topic. And news broke this week that Comcast is partnering with Samsung to deploy Samsung's 5G infrastructure to improve its MVNO service. So my first question was, is Verizon to blame here? Um, and I don't want to hate on Verizon, but this was expected because Comcast uh, did secure licenses, PAL licenses, uh, within the CBS uh, 600 megahertz spectrum uh, range. And so uh, Comcast will be leveraging Samsung radios as well as um, their strand small cells to deploy coverage. And it's uh, it's... What Comcast is saying, it's 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 kind of a twofold strategy. One, it's to improve um, uh, capabilities within highly dense areas, and it's also designed to reduce the fees that it pays to Verizon for using its network for its MVNO service. So, um, you know, again, you know, you know, that was my first thought, but this makes perfect sense. You know, it was uh, expected because they did secure the licenses, but. I'm wondering if you have any feedback. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because um, I get a strong sense that Xfinity is really, sorry, uh, Comcast Xfinity Mobile um, is really trying to push the envelope of what they can achieve without being you know, a, a top three carrier um, because they recently emailed me uh, you know, a, a release. I don't know if you got this one where they said, they're the fastest mobile carrier. I did, um, yeah. With the caveat that it's when they are on their own Wi-Fi network, which is using their own uh, um, customers' Wi-Fi hotspots, well, their 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 modems and their routers um, as their network. Um, so it's really interesting to see what they're doing here. I think that you know having the six hundred megahertz network will allow them to have that base layer of coverage, which will probably, you know, deal with a, a good chunk of the user base. And then having those hotspots in customers' homes as like the additional capacity, um, I think that's kind of where I see this, this going long-term. Um, and I think that they will, um, you know, offer that at a lower cost um, and try to see if they can make that work to compete with the likes of T-Mobile, AT&T and Verizon who have much more robust networks yeah. um, and have, you know, a lot of um, infrastructure in place that, that, that Comcast can't replicate necessarily, but might be able to do something with, with home, home networks. So that's yeah. kind of my thought about this. No, it's great insight. And, you know, from my perspective, you know, I, I believe that the, uh, you know, the tier one mobile network operators, they all have CBRS spectrum. That'll serve as a gap fill. I, I don't think T-Mobile needs as, as much as say Verizon and AT&T possibly do, but that's more, it's it's less about providing, you know, better coverage in denser areas and more about, you know, kind of gap filling where, you know, they have, you know, deficiencies in spectrum, but. Yeah, I, I would just add that, you know, CBRS specifically um, is definitely more of a capacity adder um, when you look at like the, the, the networks that are out today, T 
to your point, T-Mobile doesn't seem to really be using CBRS or Spectrum, no. but I think Verizon is heavily. Yeah. Um, so I think this is just one of those things where they'll also be competing with Verizon for those licenses because um, I think it's like 150 megahertz and Verizon has a lot of the, the upper band, upper um, end of that band uh, mm -hmm. already agreed to. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, your first topic this week, you want to talk about uh, an MDNO deal with T-Mobile. Yeah, so um, the company Novo Labs, uh, which is behind the Helium network, um, signed a 5G MDNO deal with T-Mobile. Um, and this deal is basically a way for them to be able to claim to have a real 5G network because um, previously they've announced um, they've got this next generation 5G network and it's all using 4G, um, you know, CBRS uh, small cells. So they're now, um, you know, signing a deal with T-Mobile to kind of gap fill uh, again. Um, but they have over 900,000 hotspots um, for coverage, which is also fairly similar to what Comcast is doing um, with, with Xfinity Mobile. So um, this, you know, hotspot um, system is basically designed so that users will install their Helium um, terminals that will generate them tokens for offering their home internet as backbone for the network. So, um, you know, if you look at what's going on today, um, you know, this is very early on, but um, the marketing is, that, you know, Helium wants to be the world's first crypto carrier, um, which is, you know, it's a great buzzword. But um, yeah. the reality is none of Helium's network today is 5G. Um, so signing a deal with T-Mobile um, does make it a little bit more legit in the sense that it is 5G. Yeah. But I do believe it will take some time for them to update their network and the hotspots they do have to actually have a true 5G network if, if they ever actually do come to market with it. Um, so I caught this this uh, this news, but I didn't dig into it very deeply. But the crypto thing is interesting. I mean, obviously, you and I, you know, you and I follow crypto, and you know, it's it's certainly down. It hasn't been mo moving inversely with the equity markets like it has in the past. But um, is this positioning for crypto? I mean, is it is it more or less is it leaning into blockchain for for security and that sort of thing, or is it is is there some sort of crypto exchange that's tied? Um so, I mean, the value, there is a token, um, which is the Helium uh, token. Right. And that's how you, you gain, um, how you get paid for, for, for making that network available. Oh, and then, gotcha. you know, they, they, they you, you pay for access to that network, okay. um, which is, you know, in theory, cheaper than paying for uh, service through, you know, Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile. But Having this MVNO deal will probably drive up some of those costs a little bit, but it'll yeah. also make it much more viable of a service than it probably is today. Right. No, good point. Good point. Well, let's go to my second topic this week. And I want to talk about T-Mobile and they're partnering with a company, Pano AI. Um, they're teaming up to leverage um, T-Mobile's 5G network to um, power connected smart cameras in the detection of wildfires. And this is a game changer. Um, I have property both in Fort Collins and in La Vida, which is in Southern Colorado. And um, both areas have, you know, you know, they, they've, they've been, I wouldn't say devastated by wildfires, but they've definitely been affected. 
And, you know, what's really great about um, this partnership is that um, in kind of linking the power of AI with, you know, it's extreme low latency and it's ultra fast throughput, this is going to uh, uh, set a platform in place that allows for earlier detection of wildfires. Obviously, it's using it's using AI and you know and, and the power of five G to do that, um, and so that can improve the response um, for firefighters to extinguish these 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 firefights. Uh, because I mean, some of these fires are devastating. They they burn thousands and thousands of acres. And I mean, we've experienced the same thing, you know, in Austin as well, several years ago uh, in an area where um, I'll, you know, I'm building a home right now, actually in Bastrop, there was a massive fire that wiped out nearly a third of uh, Bastrop State Park. And so th this is really a game changer, especially in areas like Colorado and California that are prone to wildfires. And I don't know if you caught the news, but um, obviously you and I spend time with T-Mobile, follow T-Mobile quite a bit. Any, any additional insights you want to provide? Yeah, I, I did follow this news. Um, I, I got a little bit of a preview of it. And um, as somebody who lives in a place that's also fire prone, yeah. um, we've actually had these kinds of technologies in place already. Um, but, you know, I think that we are a unique city in the sense that um, we are fairly technologically advanced. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we are using AI, but I have a feeling we're not using 5G. Um, so this is like, this does sound like more of a solution that can scale right. um, and a solution that I think from what I understood on the release will be able to be deployed in many other places thanks to T-Mobile's nationwide 5G coverage. Yeah. Um, and I think being able to, you know, install this on tops of mountaintops or even on tops of cell towers where you know you have coverage. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a really interesting application because, um, you know, the faster you get to these fires, um, the, the easier they are to manage because uh, the longer you let a fire burn, you know, the more out of control it gets. And um, mm -hmm. some fires you do want to let burn, but others you don't. So um, th this is uh, something that I think would really work well in conjunction with forestry management services and like you know, um, existing uh, plans for, um, you know, fires. Because, you know, when it comes to these computer vision things, you want you want not only to warn you, but you also want it to know, do I need to warn you or should I let this burn longer? Or right. how serious is this fire? Is this in a zone where yeah. we want to go after it? Or is this a fire where we, you know, we might just want to monitor it and not even send out a helicopter or a plane? So yeah. I think it's really cool. I think there's really a lot of... Uh, beneficial things to society you know people's lives are at risk most of the time when these fires happen um people live you know out in the wilderness too so it's it's really a, an important thing for for i think uh a public good and and hopefully we see this scale out more yeah you know i'll just i'll make two final comments here one you know i talked about low latency and fast throughput one of other one of the other 5g superpowers is is massive device support and so when I think about La Vida, Southern Colorado near the New Mexico border, there are tens of thousands of acres of Bureau of Land Management land all around that. Um, and this is totally off grid, typically not, um, not monitored. And so, you know, using, you know, using T-Mobile's, uh, you know, network, especially with the lower bands, the propagation, I think that's going to support it. 
The other point I'll make is that um, I continue to be impressed with T-Mobile's announcements. They are very practical. I mean, you know, they're, they're, you know, it seems like every week there's another announcement, but they are very use case focused. And I think there are two other major competitors um, are not as focused in, in, in that regard. It's, a, you know, what they're doing is a little more esoteric, like with Verizon edge enabling their network, but like, what, what are the applications? And I, and I think AT&T does a better job because they're, they're doing things like marrying edge with, with 5G for private deployments at places like General Motors, but I got to give T-Mobile, you know, some credit. They continue to, to seek these partnerships that have very, very practic practical and very, very impactful um, implications. So um, good stuff there. But let's move to your second topic. You want to talk about a company, Link, and we've been covering satellite and, you know, to phone and that sort of thing. Um, but there was an announcement this week that I caught as well. And you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I actually am in communication with Link, and I'll, I'll have a chance to speak with their CEO, and maybe we'll even have them on the podcast um, oh, sometime soon. Yeah. But um, yeah, so they've been, uh, you know, pretty confident um, in their capabilities. Um, but what's really interesting about Link Global specifically is they actually are the first um, company to get commercial satellite licenses from the FCC to communicate from satellite to a smartphone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of companies have been talking about it, yeah. T-Mobile, SpaceX, um, we've got Global Star with Apple, um, you know, we've got AST Space Mobile. But what's really interesting is these guys actually already have a license from the FCC, which mm -hmm. I don't think any of their competitors can claim. Yeah. which means they're very likely already ahead of the curve when it comes to this. Um, and they said that they've actually been doing testing since 2018 yeah. um, and that they have uh, licenses in 18 countries to do testing and are have some MOUs in place already with some MNOs. Um, and it says it already has signed 15 contracts with um, network operators in 36 countries. So they already have like a lot of deals in place. Um, and it's really interesting because they already have these link tower, their first link tower in place, um, I believe in April. So th they're already kind of, um, you know, they've made this move. And honestly, when you look at like what Global Star is doing, it's not really designed for day-to-day -day use. Right. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see um, how this builds out um, and what this looks like, because, um, you know, Link looks like they're going to be um, building out more capacity with more satellites in space. Um, it doesn't sound like these satellites are necessarily going to be uh, as numerous as, say, Starlink satellites are, mm -hmm. um, but they'll also probably be high bandwidth and very focused on a single use case. Um, and they will work with both Android and iOS um, and do more than messaging. So Link says they'll be able to provide two-way messaging and they'll do more than just emergency messaging. So I feel like Link is actually a lot closer to delivering this, um, you know, 3GPP release 17 style experience where, um, you know, you have text messaging everywhere you go yeah. um, and, and maybe voice down the road, but that seems to be where they're at. Yeah, and I'll just say link, uh, it's spelled L-N-Y-K, and we'll drop a link in the um, in the podcast post as well. 
Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, the two-way uh, communications, the game changer, it's just not emergency response. And um, that could disrupt a whole satellite messaging industry that's been built. Uh, that's quite expensive. I have a device. It's about 30 bucks a month. So yeah. But, uh, yeah. But let's move to my third topic this week. And I want to talk about 5G Americas. They recently published a report on global 5G connectivity, and it's a pretty impressive number. So I'm just going to read a few statistics here. So um, global 5G connections um, have reached 108, uh, 100 and 813 million. Let me say that fast three times in the second quarter of this year. That's up 112% from um, 2Q of last year. Um, it's expected to reach 5.9 billion by the end of 2027, adding a billion a year uh, from 23 to 27. And then for North America, 5G connections grew 21% quarterly to reach nearly 100 million by the end of calendar 2Q of this year. So um, it's a rocket ship. So what do you think? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think this is just a sign of the maturity of the market. Um, I still think we're in early days. Um, as somebody who has co been covering 5G since its inception yeah. and before, um, I just think that we still have a lot more room to improve. And I think standalone is going to be that next bridge that gets us to the next generation of devices. Um, because I think that will enable unlock so many of the new capabilities that simply weren't there before. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic than I think other people are. Um, but in general, I, I think that um you know, a lot of what we had predicted, especially around like fixed wireless is, is becoming a reality and it's, yeah. it's the first real application. And I think it's going to probably have considerable runway for the next couple of years, at least. Um, and then there will be other applications down the road, but um, you know, you and I will figure them out. Hopefully uh, our listeners uh, trust us to uh, identify them ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's been, it's been good to look at kind of feels validating if anything. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think I've said this on a prior podcast, but fixed wireless access is appearing to be out of the starting gate, the biggest 5G uh, use case. And that's only going to grow. T-Mobile is going to continue to grow what they've been doing. Verizon, um, they're certainly focused on, on FWA as well. And, um, you know, AT&T has been offering FWA primarily as a business um, connectivity solution. They're obviously very focused on uh, a fiber first strategy, but I think you're going to see uh, more activity from AT&T on the FWA front as well. And that's going to continue to drive those connections there. But let's hit your third and final topic this week. And you actually sort of teased a hypothesis or a prediction around the, uh, the iPhone uh, 14 launch. And I think you, uh, you nailed it, didn't you? Yes, indeed. I will do my, <laughs> I will do my lap, victory my lap. Yeah, my victory lap. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, iFixit did a teardown um, of, the, of the iPhone 14 and the 14 Pro. Uh, they found the iPhone 14 actually to be a complete redesign internally, um, uh, which a lot of people didn't expect. They thought it would just be kind of a copy paste of the 13 because it looks like one. Yeah. Um, but internally, um, it's got the uh, A15 processor for the for the regular 14 and then the A16 for the Pro Max and the Pro, which I think we talked about uh, during the launch last week. Yep. Um, but what is interesting is 
it does have a Qualcomm X65 modem in it, um, which, which we had expected it would have um, even before Apple announced it, uh, the ad satellite support, because um, as far as satellite support goes publicly, um, you know, the only modem that we knew of that could work with Global Stars Network uh, was the X65. And, you know, piecing those two facts together wasn't difficult, I don't think. Right. Um, I think a lot of people saw this coming. But the, the thing is, X65 does bring other benefits as well. And um, the, the website speedsmart.net did some early testing that they published earlier this week. Um, and they compared T-Mobile and Verizon iPhone 14 Pros against 13 Pros. And they found that on T-Mobile, um, the uh, download speeds on the 14 Pro were um, 255 megabits compared to the 13 Pros, 173. So it's almost 50% faster. Mm -hmm. And then um, on the Verizon side, it was uh, also almost 50% faster, getting 175 megabits down compared to the 13 Pros, 126. So the, the, the numbers are considerable. They are noticeable. Um, and the upload speeds are actually not that much better. Um, okay. But I actually have a feeling that it may have to do with the way uh, Apple has designed the RF front end of this device as it is not a complete Qualcomm solution. Uh, the, the baseband is Qualcomm, but all the RF front end from what I can see in the teardowns is a combination of um, different vendors like Corvo, Skyworks, uh, and even Broadcom. So okay. um, I think that when you look at what they've done here, um, they probably could have had better uplink performance which, you know, better uplink performance also results in better battery life and better coverage, but yeah. there's a limit, right, to what companies uh, are willing to do and what they want to do and what, what's cost efficient, especially at the scale of what Apple does. But, um, you know, I think there's still room for more, more improvement in terms of performance. And I think when you um, consider that these speeds are faster, um, you know, when you download a file faster and get have faster speeds, that also means you have longer battery life because your your modem is lit up for less time. So yeah, they're saying thirty eight percent faster five five G speeds overall, um, which is almost fifty percent. Um, but that thirty eight percent is nothing to to you know um, to ignore. And I think that when you consider other com other things in this um, device, you know they've they've made a lot of improvements. And you know the five G performance is something that I think you and I would both love to talk about. And I have a iPhone 14 uh, Pro Max, uh, not in front of me, unfortunately, um, but uh, I have been testing it and uh, I'm, I'm using it on Verizon and I, I hope to see more, more of these uh, performance improvements. Yeah, you know, and I'm not surprised that uh, that Apple didn't go with the, uh, the Qualcomm RF. I mean, I mean, there's a history between these companies, right? And, you know, to, I think to your point, you were alluding to like continuity of supply that's why you're seeing, you know, like the Skyworks and, you know, uh, Broadcoms of the world there. But certainly Qualcomm does a killer front end, you know, RF, you know, solution. So, but it was probably a bill of material. Um, you well, know, I'm looking at it right now. There's like, um, they do have a Qualcomm power amplifier and a Qualcomm envelope tracker, but there's also a Corvo and an ST micro chipset as well as some Broadcom and Skyworks. So, you know, there's still definitely, um, you know, some some other components in there that I think yeah. probably, you know, having the supplier diversity is, is definitely one of Apple's 
strong yeah. suits. Yeah, and you you need it given the volume that they crank, you know, on the on the iPhone platform. But hey, buddy, it's I was a little tongue tied this week, but it was still a great podcast. Why don't you take us home? Absolutely. We hope our viewers and listeners found this week's topics interesting. If anyone out there would like to provide insights on a specific 5G topic for a future podcast, please reach out to us on social media. Will's at Will Town Tech and I'm at Anshel Saad. We hope you have a great weekend and please tune in again next week.